1: From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. It's the lifestyle show of the Internet. No holds barred radio, folks. We talk about it all. Politics, film, TV, UFC, boxing, sex, drugs, rock and roll. You name it, we'll talk about it. I'm here today with my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? Hi, Bruce. Do you remember when boxing was a bad word for MMA fans? Like they just couldn't accept both sports. I remember when boxing was a bad word for everybody except for me. Because I love boxing. But you uh, you're go. absolutely correct. I remember when boxing was a bad word. I remember when MMA and UFC was and still is a bad word for people like Jim Lampley and, and a couple others that will not you know, step out of their boxing mode to appreciate uh, the full reality of the beauty of MMA, and hopefully Jim does by now. It's been a, it's been one of those things like this, you know. It, no matter how you cut it, before we bring our guests on, um, the UFC came along in the '80s, and the '90s, and and the early 2000s. Boxing was the water conversation on a Monday at the office. Sure, and let's face it, the UFC took that over, with the exception of the three or four amazing big, huge boxing events that happen every year that people tune into. And I'm not talking about Jake Paul and all those i'm talking about real quality quality boxing and we're lucky enough today to reinvigorate boxing in the minds of the mma fans watching because the Marcus of queensberry rules two weapons the sweet science is still one of the most beautiful poetic uh dance move sports in the world oh yeah there's no question and what we have on now and i want to bring on the guest is a man who i've worked with for over 20 years with michael buffer my legendary brother um a man who is the manager of the famous Klitschko Brothers, champions amongst many, many others, and a man who paved the way for a lot of people in boxing, and that's Tom Loeffler. Tom, how are you?
2: Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be on. It was great to see you last weekend at UFC 285. What a tremendous show and a tremendous energy you brought. But uh, always, it's nice to be, this is the first time I've actually been on your, on your podcast. Like you said, we've known each other for over 20 years, and I'm happy to be on the podcast for the first time.
1: Well, I'm happy to have you on. God knows you and I could talk about so much over the last 20 years in the heyday of boxing and beyond, but we want to talk about the modern upcoming boxing because names are beginning to bring boxing back into the minds of not just the boxing fans that are out there and will always be there, but UFC fans, mixed martial arts fans. If you're a fight fan, you need to appreciate it. And with that, I want to bring on a young man who's undefeated five and Oh, four KOs coming to us from Cork, Ireland. And we all know him. And those who don't know him will know him because he's going to make a big statement coming up and more statements in the future, having that belt wrapped around his waist. King Callum Walsh. Hi, King. How are you? All right, Bruce. How are you? Thanks very much for having me. Very, very good. Very good. Thank you for coming on. You know, um, Callum, you're a six-time Irish national champion. Uh, You're a European champ, a gold medalist. You're 5-0, four KOs. Two of those KOs are inside the first round. You're 22 years old. You're not even in your prime yet, um, but you are in your prime, but you're not in your prime. I'd like, to t- I'd like to pull a whole syringe out of you and put it in my own body because that's <laughs> what all of us want at 22 years old. Um, you're training with probably what many people would consider one of, if not the greatest coach boxing has ever seen in Freddie Roach, uh, a fine human being and just a hell of a coach. You're sponsored. Now, here's the thing. People out there, UFC fans, I want you to hear this out. Column is making such a, a spot in the world and such an impression in boxing that Dana White and Howard Head are your sponsors. That's right. And, and if that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. You know. And you've even trained with MMA fighter Tony Ferguson, haven't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, I trained with Tony. Yeah, yeah. And when you train with Tony, were you training him with him in boxing? Uh, yeah, we train boxing mostly. He comes to the to the wild card, and we do some sessions there. But sometimes I'll go down to where he lives to his gym, and we'll do a bit of MMA. So.
1: Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And
3: you know, you're, you're, you're going to be facing
1: an unorth- an orthodox striker, uh, a Southpaw striker, a Southpaw striker, which is always, which is always difficult. You know, they step on your feet, they move around when you train with Freddie and training with a Southpaw uh, for your upcoming fight with a Southpaw boxer, which by the way is a 10 round fight uh, March 16th in Boston that you took on short notice. And when I say short notice, how long ago did you take this fight?
3: Uh, well, we—I knew I was going to fight in Boston all along, but then the, my opponent broke his hand. So I think we just had a new opponent uh, just the other day. So I think it was like nine days notice it, for the new opponent. But oh, you've it, been
1: training. You've been training for the event. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: It, it's funny how that works out, though, because even though Callum was, you know, preparing for uh, an opponent in a fight on March 16th, which, by the way, you can watch on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, you know, it, it goes both ways. Even though his opponent is taking this fight on short notice. Callum still has that sort of, uh, you know, upheaval as well. Like, yeah, he's, he's in shape and, you know, getting prepared to fight, but you know, Bruce, you mentioned, you know, fighting a Southpaw when you're preparing for an Orthodox fighter, I mean, that changes everything. And you don't have that entire camp to get ready for a completely different strategy.
1: Which leads me to my next question. Um, listen, I was never a pro, but I trained my ass off in kickboxing and other sports for, for 12 years sparring heavily, little smokers here and there and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing I did in kickboxing, kicks and punches both, is I trained to fight from both sides, right? So I could switch up. Does Freddie work with you on that? Or are you strictly regular foot when you, when you box?
3: Yeah, no, Freddie definitely teaches me to, to box from both sides. And growing up, actually back in Ireland, my main sparring partner for years was actually a soap. So I find it you know, very easy to, to fight soaps. And uh, as you mentioned a while ago with uh, them stepping on your foot and all that kind of stuff, Freddie has taught me a lot of of tricks for the pro style where people stand on your foot, so I think I'll be all right.
1: Good, good. Okay, then we recognize it. That's like one of the first major things. If you haven't fought a southpaw, you learn that real quick, right? Yeah. Which is cool. And, Tom, uh, the Boston show, you have your promotion here in L.A., in Los Angeles, Hollywood Fight Nights, very appropriately titled. But you're taking it on the road now, right? This is your first time on the road?
2: This is the first time on the road for Hollywood Fight Nights. You know, we did all the fights with the Klitschko's on the East Coast and Madison Square Garden and Triple G, but this is the first time I'm actually promoting in over 30 years, uh, gonna have a fight in Boston. So we're excited about that. Uh, Dana's gotten, like you had mentioned, Dana's 100% behind Callum Welch. He wants to build boxing on UFC Fight Pass. Fight Pass has so much great uh, combat sports content, but boxing never really took off. And now with uh, Callum, Dana's really pushing the boxing. And the shows that he's committed to uh, having us promote, so we're excited to go into Boston. Uh, Freddie Roach hails from Boston. Dana naturally hails from Boston. Dana's going to be at the show for all you fight fans that want to see Dana live. Very cool. Um, he's going to be at the show at the Agganis Arena March 16th, and we're excited to have Callum fight the day before St. Patrick's Day, the day before everyone gets drunk and hung over. Callum be fighting, and then you can uh, punch your way into St. Patrick's
1: Day. Wow, I just realized something. Uh, Callum's fighting March 18th. Dana's going to be there March 16th. We have a show in London, a big, huge pay-per-view on March 18th, March 18th. Yeah. So Dana's going to be flying over on Friday after the show, if not that night yep. on his jet or whatever the case might be. Um, And then I'm going to be in London during St. Patrick's Day. Holy geez. I think yeah. I actually fly out before everybody starts getting drunk on green beer and, and God knows doing what in the streets. We're but, actually, uh, Bruce,
2: we're going to be, so Callum fights on the 16th on Thursday where Dana's going to be at the show. And then, like you said, Dana flies out for the weigh-ins in London and we're going to fly out. if Everything goes the right way. We're going to fly out Friday night and we'll see you in London for the UFC London show.
1: Oh, that's perfect. Well, actually, wait, I'm taking this back. St. Patrick's day is on Friday.
2: Yeah. St. Patrick's day is Friday.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm like a nun before a show. I don't drink. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 that might change on St. Patrick's day if I go out in London. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean when in Rome or London,
1: I guess, Buff, you know. Do they hey Callum. You know, in, in America they sometimes do this green beer thing on Irish, you know, on St. Patrick's Day, right? Is that yeah. does that happen
3: back home? Um, nah, green beer, no, nah, I don't I don't well, I don't think so. Any, um I think everybody just 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 drinks this the normal. All right, good. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> say <laughs> you know maybe it's
1: where I grew up when I was when I was younger. I don't know if they do that anymore, but I remember that. Maybe it's just a joke or whatever callum um when you were growing up okay uh you watched mma but you trained boxing because there was no mma where you lived if you think back excuse me not too far back you're only 22 (laughs) but if you think back (laughs) would you And you had the ability to train mma would you have switched and taken the route to the ufc or was
3: boxing your calling um general I always I always watch the UFC highlights and I always watch UFC fights and I and I always think to myself, I wish I wish I was a UFC fighter, to you know I would've loved to to be able to do it. Um but I do think um the fact that I was put into boxing when I was six years old from such a young age and just developed the skills and, you know, everything at such a young age that it was just the right decision to just stick with boxing that I was I was good at it and I don't know. I, I was naturally talented. So, you know, I, and, and I know how to win, you know, I've, I've won a lot of fights. I've won a lot of championships. So yeah, I think, I think boxing was the the best decision for me.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what, with, with the quality manager and Tom, the, yeah, behind you, Tom uh, sponsorships, you know, deals outside when he puts his blood, sweat and tears inside the squared, the squared ring. How's that coming along for Callum? Cause it, I, I look at you, Callum, you're very marketable. You're a great looking young man. Um, well-spoken. You know, these are all key things that you need to do. Handle yourself with class, keep that role model status, because sponsors look at that. Tom, you got people edging on Callum? Can you see making some, uh, some nice little, uh, for Callum? We already have
2: two, uh, major sponsors uh, for Callum, as you alluded to uh, Dana White and Howlerhead, uh, is a big, is the main sponsor for Callum. We also have Hustler Casino, where, I've heard that you go down there every now and then for a poker game.
1: (laughs) I've won six figures in tournament monies there. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah,
2: there you go. So yeah, so they're sponsoring him. And then naturally we're working on an apparel deal. Nike's interested uh, in that. Um, So yeah, we're, you know, my job, Bruce is I'm actually uh, promoting Callum, but uh, my job is, you know, if we can get Callum money to put logos on his trunks without getting hit in the face that's uh that's just icing on the cake for uh yeah What what our job is
1: absolutely callum how's your social media uh going are you are you on social media
3: yeah yeah it's going well yeah uh, to be fair since since i started with with tom and dana and i think i've I've grown
1: i got you right instagram.
3: here yeah just on instagram alone i've grown up well over a hundred thousand so
1: yeah you're over a hundred thousand you got a nice picture with connor here i see yeah, yeah.
3: hey this, this is the first speaker. time you
1: met connor last weekend right callum
3: yeah, yeah, that was actually that was crazy. You know, when Connor walked in, everybody was calling him, and uh, I could I could see I was sitting two rows behind him, and I didn't ex- I didn't expect him to know who I was, and I seen he turned around, and he seen me, and he gave me a fist bump, and I was like, "Fuck, Conor, Conor McGregor actually knew who I was." Like I was sitting there thinking, What's going "Well, on?
1: there you go." That made his day <laughs> for yeah, sure. Make, That's that amazing. would make anybody's day at that point for a, sure. I'm no, definitely. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you a question, uh, Callum, as I'm asking you questions all during this interview, but uh, in Ireland with Conor McGregor, and which I love the way Conor handled himself. I just got done filming, and I can't talk about it, but I was just got done filming a, a bit with Conor and Mike Chandler on the tough uh, show that they're doing, The Ultimate Fighter. Had a chance to spend some time with Conor, and it's been a while since he and I have actually you know talked face-to-face about certain things. Back home, I know Conor's really popular, but with some of the stuff that he's done, off color that you know affected his image in certain ways i've heard that like there there's like a 50 50 split or 60 40 split you know fans liking and loving connor although they'll all buy the pay-per-view to watch him fight right yeah is that kind of the way it is back there
3: yeah i think you know well when i was growing up anyway i've been watching mcgregor since i was 12 years old since his ufc debut right um so I think all people my age all young people everybody loves him, you know, cuz we like we we don't care about all that all that mad stuff that he was doing, you know, when he was attacking buses and all that shit. Sure. We, you know, we don't you know, young young people like me we don't care like because you know, that's funny it's entertaining but I think a lot of like the older people like the older didn't they,
1: they didn't like that all farce like me. It's okay, Cal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, they kind of, them kind of people were, didn't like it but I think when like I don't know. I think I think he's. I think I think a lot of people do like him. I think more people like him than don't like him. But even the people that don't like him, as you said, will still buy the pay per views. You know what I mean? Because he puts on such a good show.
1: Yeah, he does. And you know, speaking of that good show, he's going to be against Michael Chandler coming up. What are they talking, TJ? We're talking October or something, I think, until that fight happens. Yeah,
0: I mean, the show's got to finish filming, and then it's got to obviously air for, you know, 12 weeks. So, yeah. uh, you know, three months after the debut of the show is is when you're, you know, approximately expecting to
1: have those guys take the octagon. Right. Well, you know, not only did you get to meet Conor McGregor, but you also got an experience that, you know, uh, Tom and I have seen, whether it's Rocky or some other films uh, that have filmed at events. uh how did you like the factor were you there when Jake Gyllenhaal, and all you know got in the octagon, had the walk-in, and you saw the fight coordination? You know, we had that 20, 25 minute segment where they filmed all that. Did you get to see
3: that, Colin? Yeah, yeah I was I was sitting there for that actually. I, I didn't know what was going on and, uh, and then I realized it was uh it was Roadhouse. But when you when you kept announcing him, I was like, why are they announcing the fight like three or four times? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was on the air, uh, Calum stopped by extra rounds. I was on the air with Vanessa Demopoulos and Chase Hooper, and I knew that the last prelim had taken place. But I hear you, Bruce, in the background doing introductions, and I'm like, who the heck is fighting? They're not starting the pay-per-view early, are they? But, you know, I mean, obviously it
1: played out like it did. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And, uh, you know, talking about that for a second, uh, let me give you a little past history on this. We were supposed to film that scene at the UFC December 4th in Las Vegas. So uh, Jake got COVID, which closed down oh, the production. Oh, wow. Huh. And I don't know. I'm sorry, I might have just let the cat out of the bag, but that's, Jake got COVID. That's, that's what happened. So <laughs> they, they shut down the uh, production. We couldn't film. They filmed at the weigh-ins on Friday and the show on Saturday. But this is Hollywood. Okay, now get this. The film's in the can. It's done. They had to come back. Jake's, uh, J- Jake Jake is already on another movie, acting in another movie. Oh, he wow. came back, literally, three months after when he should have filmed, ripped and shredded. Yeah, he's, he's still in fight shape. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. So think about that. Think that's I and mean, that's an actor. Okay, but think about it. closing down production, starting it off. Um, they had to pay the UFC a boatload of money for the time they spent, and it and it all went off really well. As a matter of fact, I think I, I, we have a video we'll show here, but I had an encounter because I hadn't seen Connor in a while, and then I saw Connor, greeted Connor, and in this video, you can see how down to earth Jake Gyllenhaal is, right? Not because he calls me cool, that's beside the point, <laughs> just a, just, <laughs> but that you know, obviously that's a little bit, no, um, he's just really down to earth, he's just a really cool guy, you know, Tom, you and I've met tons of people in Hollywood, and yeah. for the most part, many of them are kind of disappointing at times because you're envisioning their image that shows you on the screen. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the nicest uh, actors I've ever met, and very, very cool. So I like that. I like that. He loves what he did, and he showed it, and he looked real, right? TJ, I think. Oh he looked yeah. Apart.
0: Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Like what I said. Like when you said he was moving uh, on to a different movie and coming backwards, like he's still in the shape that he needed to be uh, in that that film. And also, too, I think it's really important if you want authenticity and the ufc is willing to work with you and you're making a film you got to take advantage of it so to come back and and do that i mean that that could you know make or break the film if they you know get that scene or not
1: oh absolutely and and i think the way it worked it just went it it was kismet it just went perfectly another little incident here my fanboy moment callum like you had yours with with connor (laughs) uh the great legendary tom brady you know the quarterback you mean sean uh, shelby's Cousin? cousin John Shelby's cousin. So you're going to Boston and you're going to the area where Tom spent his career, most of his career, if not, you know, well, most of his career playing for the new England Patriots. So Tom, I'm at my desk work, you know, doing my notes for the cards. And all of a sudden I look up and there's this guy in a hoodie over me and it's Tom. And I stand up and he gives me a big hug. And uh, you know, how you doing? Which is always nice. You know, he called me, I called him the goat one time and and Tom, he called me the goat. My jaw almost dropped to hear Tom. I mean, Tom, excuse me, Tom Brady, say that.
3: It That's would drop I too, and Tom to Hoffer said Bruce. it too, but I, you <laughs> can't
1: say that because you work with my brother too much, and we know my brother's the greatest <laughs> of all time, <laughs> so don't go there, Tom, but anyway, I went over, um, and this is, this is funny, I, well, I think it's funny, my brother Brian's a huge collector, as I am, sports memorabilia, and a huge fan of Tom Brady, so I texted him that Tom Brady was here, and he goes, oh, if there's any chance to get me an autograph, right, which I don't ask people for autographs, especially guys like tom because if they see him sign one he's gonna to have to be asked and he's got to, to sign everyone right i said brian i don't know i'll i'll go over so i went over to tom at a key moment and i said tom would you mind signing me an autograph you know and i handed him a piece of paper and i thought he's gonna sign his name and i was getting this from my brother and he had to be back and it says bruce love you man tom brady <laughs> so, oh, oh man God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, Bruce and Brian aren't that far
0: apart. You could try to get creative with a Sharpie, you know.
1: I call Brian as Brian if you want to cut off my name and just use that. <laughs> it's okay, but I mean, honestly, I got to keep this. I got I got a picture of Tom and I, I'm going to frame it with one of his trading cards cuz you know, it just make a nice little little thing, yeah, you know. I just
0: say like Bruce, you are lucky because like if I get a autograph and it's signed to, you know, 2TJ, that's going to devalue said autograph. But a Tom Brady autograph to Bruce Buffer might actually
1: increase its value. (laughs) Well, on the other (laughs) side, thank you. I'll let you say that, not me. But uh, on the other side of the paper, uh, he was sitting next to Mark Wahlberg. So Mark and I were talking, and I was telling him about, you know, my my Puncher's Chance bourbon, which,
3: by the way, Calum, do you drink? Uh, Sometimes. I I try not to, but... (laughs) Not now, but
1: I, I have the puncher's chance bourbon, which is what you're all about, you know, puncher's chance. And uh, we're the top five best sipping bourbon in America at this price range, not according to me, but according to the critics. And we won six gold medals. So I was telling Mark Wahlberg about it because he has his tequila. Now, let me tell you how cool Mark Wahlberg is. So Mark Wahlberg on the other side of this autograph, it says Mark Wahlberg and he gave me his phone number because he wanted me to send him my address so he could send me some of his new tequila that he makes. And he wants my bourbon. And you know what he said? This is how cool. He goes, hey, send it to me. I'll put it out on social media. You you put out mine. He goes, that's the way we roll. He doesn't have to do that, you know? Down to earth. Very yeah, cool. he's a, he, he's a Boston guy, too. Yeah. Absolutely. He better be. Yeah, <laughs> He's, he's really <laughs> been filmed enough doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a big boxing guy, for sure. No, no, Boston guy. But he's a boxing guy.
0: As oh, well. bo- and boxing. Yeah, yeah. Bo- no, he's
1: a big Boston
0: guy. You, you know, speaking of boxing in Boston...
1: March 16th. Callum Walsh. That's right. Callum Walsh. Hey, uh, Tom, where's Callum on the card? How does he, where, where, how many fights on the card? Where'd you place your boy on the card?
2: No, Callum's the main event. He's been the main event since he's fought on UFC Fight Pass. This will be his fifth main event. Awesome. And uh, as, as he mentioned, his social media has grown tremendously. I just wanted to add one more story from last weekend. Um, we were with TJ on Friday night uh, when he was filming and uh, we got to meet the great legendary Hall of Fame UFC fighter, Don Fry. And that was Oh, that was what great. a character very, and a half. Yeah. That was great.
1: Yeah. My first UFC full UFC 10 was Don Fry's first UFC. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> wow, I've been doing this for over 27 years. Yeah. And and that and that you just brought back another piece of trivia. That was awesome. My first full show was Don Fry. You know, never forget him standing in the corner, hands on his waist, that mustache of his, and he just <laughs> yeah. he just went through people like Grant went through Richmond, man. So you know, br-
0: bringing it full circle, speaking of bourbon,
1: Don Fry sounds like he drank all the bourbon. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's a man I, you know, and now I got to text Don, there's a man I definitely have to send punchers to, he'll appreciate it very, very, very oh, much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you know, who else I saw in the audience too, speaking of Don Fry, was uh uh the hammer mark coleman. oh mark coleman yeah 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 so he came up to me and he's like hey bruce this that and the other and he, he kind of gave me a shot he goes don't get me back we're not in an elevator it's all good oh that's funny that's <laughs> funny hilarious. going back to that frank trigg story but you know uh mark uh what uh hip replacement no he he had a heart attack right He's had a
0: whole slew of medical issues, but uh, you know, ha- happy to say he he's healthy now. He's at a lot of the UFC events, uh, you know, loving life. Um, you know, he's uh, you know found sobriety later in life, which he you know attributes to sort of you know his health and and recovery uh, from everything that he's gone through. And it's just great to see guys like Don Fry, like Mark Coleman. Uh, you know these old school UFC guys that that honestly competed at a time where mixed martial arts was a different sport altogether. It's not what it is uh, today, but uh, those guys were the the founding fathers, if you will, and you know put the building blocks into what we have today as uh, mixed martial arts. And you know I'm I'm happy every time I see those guys doing well. I am too.
1: I am too. Tom, uh, Callum's future. Lay it out for me as his manager. I know you think two three steps ahead. Okay. What what is your basic goal for Callum in the next year, title belt? What's going to go on?
2: Yeah, it's a fine line, Bruce. He's definitely on the fast track. This is uh, his uh, first ten round fight, which is with only six fights. This is uh, he's going in with five fights. So his sixth fight, he's going to be fighting ten rounds. He's already headlined, as I mentioned. This will be his fifth uh, time headlining UFC Fight Pass. Uh, We're going to look for a regional title for him this year. And then, uh, you know, he's on the fast track. You know, there's, a, there's, as I mentioned, there's a fine line between you want him to learn with every fight, but you don't want to overmatch him. But Freddie is very confident. He's he's told me, and that's how Callum really came on our radar, is that Callum's one of the most talented young fighters he's ever seen. He's got so much uh, amateur experience and uh, such, uh, you know, uh, charismatic personality, like he said, on uh, social media, that I, I think uh, he's really, what we did with Triple G, I think we can really do now that I started working with Triple G at 30, and Callum's only 22, so with with his Irish fans, with the background that he has, Freddie Roach in his corner, I really think the sky's the limit for Callum. He needs to do what he does in the ring best, knock knock people out, and uh, you know we'll open the doors uh, outside the ring for him.
1: I love it. So Callum, question to you: Four knockouts. What's your knockout punch?
3: As uh, my knockout punch. Yeah, it's always it's always been the the left hand, either the overhand left or the or the left hand to the body. Um, I think yeah, I think it was being in all my fights nearly it was it was a overhand left. So do you have a good left cross? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well, there's my other puncher's chance. I named it after you. The left, left cross. cross. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fourteen year reserve. I even got green on it there, Cal. come on, nice. it's time yeah, I'll to I'll take
3: I'll a sip. Get, yeah, I have to get a bottle of it. <laughs>
1: No problem. Tom, uh, Callum lives in L.A.?
2: Yeah, he's he's in L.A. He's actually in Hollywood, so he's close to the gym uh, at Wild Card. And uh, um, he's fought all of his fights on the West Coast here in L.A., and, and this will be the first time on the East Coast. And then, uh, you know, we really want to develop him on the East Coast. Actually, the, the guys from Madison Square Garden, who we have a great relationship with, they're coming up extra to Boston to watch Callum fight because the plan would be at the end of the year for Callum to fight at the MSG Theater. Actually, wow. the day before the UFC fight, November 11th, we're, we're I'm talking to Dana about having Callum fight at the theater on Friday night, November 10th.
1: Well, you know, if that's the case, I'll get in early and I'll attend the fight. At the Garden, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'll really it. attend the fight. Maybe I'll even announce it for you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you,
3: I'll walk
1: out and do the main event. I don't think Dana would ever any problem with me walking out and announcing Callum. Actually, you know what? That's not a bad idea, Tom. I don't want to step on Joe's toes, but you know, that's not a bad idea. If you, if, if Dana approved that, then we can talk about that. Okay. I'm allowed to do boxing. I can do (laughs) boxing whenever I want, but (laughs) I still pass by the chief. Okay. What's exciting though. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Oh, no, no. I was just
2: saying uh, you get a pass because it's UFC fight weekend. So it ties in with the boxing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, completely, completely. Callum I've seen a lot of young fighters groomed by, by Tom and others and everything i'm hearing is following a pattern and a pattern that's going to be basic like are you excited about all the money that's in your future <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: i mean it's going to start it's pouring it. rain my man
3: you know I, I, I can't i can't wait until it does you know what i mean it's just uh, yeah well to be to be fair it's never been about money for me but you I get your like first it. million dollar payday
1: what's the first thing you buy callum What's the first thing in your head that you want to do? I'm not talking so much about whether it's for you or whatever, house for mom, whatever the case. What's the first thing that you have a goal to do when you get that loose change?
3: The first thing I'd buy right now is a cab. So my car just broke down, so I'd buy, I'd buy a car. But, but I'd say if I Wait, if buy I got, Buy a what? I,
1: buy a what? A, a, car. a car. Oh,
3: car. What yeah. kind of car? If I, if, if I had a million dollars, I'd say... Yeah, you you probably won't see me for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll keep that week off social
1: media.
0: (laughs) You know what I like about Callum, Bruce, is is honestly when it's not about money, that's when you know you're doing the right thing with your life. You know, thank you, TJ, uh,
1: because you just took the words out of my mouth. He answered the thing perfectly. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's follow your passion, Callum. Money will follow. You monetize your passion, you'll get make more money than you ever dreamed. Okay. That's all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. So keep following that thing. Speaking of making more money, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but the UFC continues to generate record revenues for Endeavor, the parent company that bought it for four point two million, a billion, billion rather yep. billion. Yeah. Um, they led the sports properties last year. They did one point three billion in revenue. Tom, they're up two hundred and twenty four point one million from two thousand twenty one. Right, it's incredible. And we hold the record. Now, this is what's really cool. We're heading off to London next week, right? So they set 11 arena records for the highest grossing events for those arenas around the world. Four of them were fight nights in the U.S. Um, and they were two of the highest fight nights at grossing in the UFC history. But the other two are at London's O2 Arena. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So awesome.
2: Hey, that's a strong I- brand. And Dana's really, uh, you know, such a visionary with, uh, UFC so successful, but he always brings something else, <laughs> something else to, to take it to a whole different level.
1: And what, uh, like slap fight. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's, that just, uh, just one example, but you know, with our head or, or anything he touches oh, yeah, No, he's is, uh, yeah,
1: he's proven to have his Midas touch and Howard had, Oh, he and I were talking about it the other day, uh, when I was working the ultimate fighter show um howard has success for me you know, i was telling him how we're doing punchers howard has a huge success yeah. you know it's probably i got a, a value it's already been bought out by i think uh campari i think bought a huge they bought
2: they, they bought a portion of it yeah they bought a portion of it and and uh and that's why you know with hbo being out of the picture i was talking to one of the big boxing writers um and and you know they were comparing a triple g to to uh the tra- trajectory that we have calum on and and they said yeah but triple g you built them on hbo and everybody tuned into hbo i said you don't understand the reach of the UFC brand, you know, 35 over 35 million followers on Instagram. And if Dana White gives an interview, everyone tunes into it. And, you know, it's just uh, we're really excited about the green light that Dana's given us to uh, to uh, promote boxing on UFC Fight Pass. And I really think, especially internationally and worldwide, that people can tune in. You know, HBO was uh, North America here, but, uh, you know, UFC Fight Pass, you know, all of Callum's fans in Ireland can tune in. You know, and, and any of the other international fighters that are fighting on the show, it's um, it's a great blessing to have the green light from Dana to be on UFC Fight Pass.
0: Uh, on that tip real quick, you know, the, the thing about Fight Pass, you know, I being a, a hardcore mixed martial arts fan, when they announced the, uh, you know, launch of Fight Pass, I was excited just to have the UFC library at my fingertips. And then they added a live event in Invicta. Invicta was the first uh, live event partner that they had. And then they started, you know, adding more mixed martial arts events, which was exciting for me because, you know, I, I love everything that we see on pay-per-view, but like I said, I'm a hardcore fan. I like to see the, the route that athletes take uh, to the octagon. And then they started adding grappling. And, you know, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu jitsu—it's not for everybody, but you know it, it's something that you can appreciate. And then it was kickboxing, and and now it's boxing, and, and that's the one thing. Like, yes, it's branded UFC Fight Pass, but it's really this one-stop shop for combat sports. And and you could look at at boxing right now and talk about you know maybe the potential growth that that Jake Paul has had uh, on the sport, but it, it's it's a spectacle. I again being a hardcore not only mixed martial arts fan but a combat sports fan, I appreciate what Fight Pass is doing with someone like Callum because it's bringing up a prospect the, the proper way, you know, and I feel like, you know, you Callum are benefiting from that, but, but combat sports fans a- as a whole, I mean, you already have the entire UFC uh, fan base involved with fight pass. Now you get boxing and all of a sudden UFC fight pass goes from the streaming platform to kind of what you're saying, Tom, and it has a potential to be uh, much bigger than say, you know, doing a fight on HBO.
2: Absolutely. TJ, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what the plan is to cross market, the boxing
0: fans that are tuning in to
2: watch Callum fight and the gigantic UFC fan base. And one of the things that Dana loved, he came to two of our shows last year here in Los Angeles. And one of the things that he loved was every fight was exciting. You know, I, I know the UFC fans are very critical of boxing and, and we have to put on an exciting show. Every fight that's on UFC Fight Pass has to be exciting. Otherwise, they'll tune out. And uh, so far, you know, we've got some of the highest ratings that the boxing's done on UFC Fight Pass, and we're excited uh, to have Callum spearheading that uh, that movement.
1: You know, uh, the UFC provides a uh, a um process for a lot of things, whether it's mm-hmm. Hollywood fight nights, uh, fighters getting their sponsorships, staying relevant, being part of the UFC. Myself, you know, it just allows what I call the – sweet smell of success okay (laughs) right there so let me just say
0: do do i do i need to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that said uh, the following program is a paid program for (laughs) for (laughs) bruce buffers product let me just say that
1: the sweet smell of success why because thank you dana it's time right (laughs) available on amazon.com here we go hey hey hey. (laughs) And stores near you soon, anyway, all kidding aside, but not kidding aside. Listen, this is the beauty of marketing. Callum, that's why you want to listen to Tom. Okay. It's not just about your fights. All right. Proper direction in the areas that are going to make you as much, potentially, if not even more money than your boxing career, will be the ancillary things that come out of the base you create with the brand of King Callum Walsh. Yeah. Right. So listen to Tom. I'm vouching for Tom. I know Tom. I expect the paycheck in the mail, Tom, for what I'm saying. So <laughs> listen to Tom. Okay, Callum? You do what you do best. Get in there, train hard, train safe, and win, and let this man direct your career, okay?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: Definitely. Appreciate that, but, Bruce. We need everyone to
2: do in March 16th.
1: There you go. Boston, March 16th, King Callum Walsh. See it. Be there. Say hi to Dana White. Do the whole number. Tom, it's a pleasure having you on the show. We go back so so far. Yeah, it's awesome.
2: No, it's great to be on the show, Bruce. And always great to see you. Always a pleasure to see you live at the events yes. and uh and happy to be on the on the podcast, like I said.
1: I know I jump around a little more than my brother, so I hope it doesn't drive you crazy. <laughs>
2: that's why you have to stretch before the before
1: that's the it, baby. Come on, 65. <laughs> I got some rickets going on here. I gotta keep those things limber. <laughs> No, no,
2: one, no one does it like you do with the with the spins and the, the you know fist bumping the fighters and everything like that. It's tremendous
1: thank you tom i'm gonna to give it my all until i go it's tough. Right the octagon. <laughs> done
0: <laughs> i mean Come I
1: don't on, want to TJ, celeb- you know I don't, that's how i want to go i mean i don't want to celebrate <laughs> your death but
0: damn that would just be so fitting and sweet in the way you'd want to go out to bring an epic
1: <laughs> bring an epic anyway nothing no time soon please right callum true pleasure to meet you Wishing you all the best success, right? Possibly, I'll announce your Madison Square Garden fight. We'll see how that works out. And um, I had to throw it out there, Tom.
2: Uh, that's great. That would be tremendous.
1: I'll just yeah, walk was, out. Was... You know, I won't even go. I'll just walk out right at the main event. It's not about me. It's about Callum. But I'm going to add <laughs> as much excitement as I can. You, you let me. You let me uh, choreograph that situation with you, Tom. Yeah. And it ain't show business. It's show biz, baby. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. All right. That's Great. all I'm saying. Good. I'll expect your offer soon. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, take care, right? Get your yeah, rest. Thanks very much for me.
3: Thank you.
1: 22 years old. God, the future is this oyster yeah. between the money and the, the pretty girls are going to want to say
3: hi, Callum. <laughs> yeah, ho- ho- hopefully they starts soon. Yeah. Hopefully. We all know about that week <laughs> off, Callum. Okay. We won't even talk about it. Right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. That's laughs> all sweet. right, my friend, listen, enjoy yourself take care of yourself and be respectful and true to everybody around you and be a role model to your sphere of influence. Like I like to say on the show and the world is your oyster young man. It is your oyster. Yeah. Thank you. Big cheers. I'll see you, see soon. you guys. Uh, thanks. Thanks. All right, thanks. Bye, you. Thanks Bruce. You got it. All right. There we go. Very cool. You know, it's, uh, it's always a nice shot in the arm to meet a young man like that, you know, going for his dreams in this fight world. I mean, we were lucky enough to have uh, Trevor Peak on the other week. Right now, we have the boxing aspect of a Trevor Peak who shows the same kind of, you know, pure uh, innocence and 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 just like it's just yeah. it's just there. It's no, there.
0: I, I like what you say. I mean, it's true. It's sort of innocent love and passion that you know get these guys into you know combat sports, and it is a business of like any other business. As you stay in it for. longer periods of time it's going to feel more like a job right like it's it's going to weigh on you a little bit and that innocence and sort of just love for the process is going to go away like i said to trevor last week you know you might enjoy appearance number one on its time but don't get mad when we call you and hit you up for for appearance number seven uh but it is fun to talk to these you know young men and women in, in combat sports uh before they realize their max potential because Uh, It's just fun to see where they are uh, in in their own journey. And I think uh, I can speak for you on this as well. Uh, It kind of fuels our own journeys as well, because, you know, we do this as a business, but when you're doing it with with people that
1: truly love what they're doing, it rubs off on you. Agreed. And it also fuels my fire to keep moving forward. Totally. I might get a little sweaty while I'm moving forward, but I have a little help. (laughs) Hold on, man. Let's Uh. let's get... There we are. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So where do we get this? <laughs> That's it's all out. And you'll see it. All right. it's all in the next five weeks. It's all out. That's you're going to get your you're going to get your care package, TJ. I can't wait. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Can't wait. Hey, listen, you know, those Funko Pop collectibles. Yeah. I, this happens at times, you know, people are holding on to Funko uh, those those dolls. Yeah. Right? My wife has a whole bunch of like Disney ones. Yeah, there's Disney, Star Wars, even a couple UFC ones out yep. there. I'm I was waiting for them to. Uh, we were talking potentially one of myself. I would love to have one, but here's what's happening: the inventory they have is filled the company's warehouses to the brim. Okay. So now they're forced to rent storage containers to hold the excess product. Right. But now what happens is the product's worth less than it costs to keep on hand. So from a business standpoint, yeah. it's not a proper thing so by the end of the year mm-hmm. right of last year they had a total of 246 million dollars with the product oh wow sitting in storage
0: yeah right how much was it costing to keep they're not going to keep
1: it yeah i, I didn't gonna expect gonna dump them it. to they're going to yeah. dump it
0: which is good for collectors because that's going to you know make the it'll make uh, what's out there
1: right. worth more
0: right but i mean it, when you were describing it to me, it, it sounded similar to uh, what we talked about in the past was baseball cards in the 90s, where they just kept printing and printing and printing. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it just wasn't worth the the paper that they were printing it uh, upon. And a lot of people save that stuff to find out 20 years later, it's worth worth less than, you know, they,
1: they paid for it uh, back in the 90s. Exactly. So what they're going to do is they're going to basically dump 30 to $36 million of the product to make room because it's not cost effective to keep it. Yeah, no, I get And you that. can't just throw it out in the marketplace and give it away because then you interfere with your sales.
0: Right, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think if consumers of those uh, collectibles, you know, hear that they're they're going down in value simply because they're flooding the market, they're less likely to, you know, keep buying new releases and things like that. So smart move. I mean, it probably sucks for their bottom line, but, uh, you know, you, you got to stay relevant. You got to stay uh, true to the the idea of collectability, and uh, it'll work out.
1: Yeah. Uh, it- Exactly. By the way, here this is a very offbeat story, and we're going to go into some sports stories. Okay, right. And normally, Sammy would be on the show for this one, but uh, an artifact was unearthed in 1992 in a ditch at the Roman fort of uh, right Okay, uh, which basically is northern England, which mar- marked the Roman Empire's uh, frontier. You know where they were doing a lot of stuff. Sure. They misidentified the tool that was found alongside dozens of shoes and dress access- accessories and other small tools and and products. Now they've decided what it is. Hmm. It's actually a, a carved object that's 6.3 inches long that they figure was used as a sex tool. Okay. Like what would be known today as a. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I got <laughs> it. A sex object. So they've now discovered and found out that 2000 years ago, they used sex objects in. Uh... Well, I mean, is that shocking? I don't think shock. it's shocking.
0: I mean, like if prostitution is the uh, oldest industry in the world, and obviously it was right. And it does look like it does look
1: like a phallus. Okay, when all you right. look at yeah. it. So I yeah, mean, that's all that, I'm going to say.
0: That's that's a fantastic, proper yet dirty word. Phallus. Exactly. Good job, Buff.
1: So usually uh, we talk about you know dinosaur bones, <laughs> a set of things. <laughs> well, okay, we changed. So let's get into the sports news. There's a, there's a few items here we have to talk about. Yeah. Sean Kemp, mm-hmm. the back great, you know the great basketball player. Yeah, Seattle SuperSonics. Arrested for for firing shots in public. Why? I supposedly some kind of an argument is sued. So uh, was it at was, someone? Yes.
0: See, I mean, here's the issue. Like, it's one thing to be charged for like discharging a firearm in public. It's
1: another thing to be doing it at someone because you can be charged for attempted murder. They claim that he claims he was defending himself. Um, uh, that the other driver caused it. it obviously all has to come out in the wash, but you know, Sean Wait. Kemp was, Kemp was arrested. And it was just a few weeks ago. We talked about Willie McGinnis. Right he, here.
0: Here's the issue
1: though, Buff, like it's not,
0: I mean, I'm not going to knock anyone for legally carrying a firearm. That's one yeah. thing that I don't know if the story that they, they talk about whether or not he was legally uh, allowed to carry a, a, a weapon, but guys, no, nothing happens in your car on the roadway that is worth shooting
1: someone or getting shot over. Well, we don't know the full story yet. You're absolutely correct in what you're saying. And we don't know the full story yet. And on that note, road rage is a horrible thing. Just it's, look at that, uh, uh, all the instances that happen. Oh, uh, I don't uh, want to point out anything. No, no, you fine, don't want but, to get
0: involved. But, you don't but want to get involved. Outside of being late, I don't really drive that aggressively, especially here in LA, because you just kind of have to accept what you're getting into, right? Like, you know, there are certain off-peak hours where you don't expect traffic. You still hit traffic. And... Uh, you know, get a podcast, download, you know, a few episodes of It's Time
1: and exactly. uh, just enjoy your ride. Exactly. Willie McGinnis. Yeah. Okay. He's been charged. What's the charge? Uh, Willie McGinnis is seriously facing two felony charges. Uh-huh. Uh He's facing serious time behind bars. Okay. Uh, each charge carries up to four years in prison. How many? Arraigned in April. Pardon me? How many charges? Two. So he's two up looking Sorry. at eight years in prison. So,
0: okay, so he won't—he wouldn't probably get that. But what are the charges? Uh, the charges here are,
1: let me see here. Because, I mean, that's the thing, too. If these charges are... One you kind know, of assault with a deadly weapon, one kind of assault by means of force likely to cause great bodily injury, which, if you remember, we picked up that yeah. bottle and smashed it in his face. Right.
0: Um, I mean, those I are felonies. Expecting... This is not going to be reduced. He, I mean, he might not go to jail for eight years, but this He's is gonna not going to go, gonna, gonna go I, away.
1: I, I, I hate to say this, but yeah. then again, you play, you pay. He's going to go to jail, right? I expect if he doesn't go to jail. Then, yeah. it, I'm going to take Willie out, who who's been a friend of mine. But I'm very disappointed that this happened. Right, right. In him, yeah, yeah. Um, but I hate to say this, Willie, if you're listening you know, by any chance. But in the world that we live in today, if you get off, yeah, for something like this, yeah, something's really wrong.
0: Right, and unfortunately, it sets a precedent as well, whether or not it's a celebrity that gets off or, uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but in those moments, there's not a lot of thought. But you hope that someone hears about someone going to jail over being too angry and violent and aggressive in a situation that could be diffused, and maybe that alone stops them from doing something stupid that could land them in a similar spot there's a reason that we have these penalties it's not necessarily i mean it is definitely one part to punish the people that have done wrong but it is also another part preventing someone else from making the same mistake
1: agreed agreed uh tiger woods you know you don't always have to get married you can live with a woman right right
0: but i I think everyone should live with their potential spouse before they get married personally I think it'd be a
1: good idea if if you really see it down the road but then again if you're just not even in marriage mind and you're spending the rest of your life together like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell you know it comes in different things but it does come with consequences if you break up oh Tiger absolutely Woods six, Tiger Woods six-year relationship with his with his uh, lady yeah um without going into details why she just filed a lawsuit against him she wants 30 million dollars
0: i understand that um you know my wife and i we bought a house together before we got married and i said straight up like this is like if we break up this is going to be as messy as if we were getting a divorce so getting married doesn't really change anything uh from a you know sense of we can just break up and everything will be smooth and clean like no, like we own a house together we have a mortgage together so it's like uh you got to think about those things like you know, don't don't get me wrong. This is probably one of the the oddest pieces of advice my father ever gave me, but I believe it's one of the most honest and in something true that I uh, received in value. Uh, he said, "Don't necessarily marry the the woman that drives you crazy, and you fall head over heels for. Marry the woman that is, uh, you know, capable of being your best friend and and the person that you want to deal with things like buying a house or trying to figure out." how to you know, raise a, a kid and, and do the, the educational things and things like that. Because while uh, falling head over heels for someone and having amazing sex and all of that is great, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to wear off and you need to have more of a business partner than than a spouse in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, it's a diminishing return. So it better be at the absolute height of excitement when you first right. meet. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, if you can find both, that's great too. So It depends on the individual. Some people can maintain that, but then again, you don't know until you know.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I I hate to say it, but we're human beings and most married couples that have been together for a long time, that that fire is going to, you know, die down. It should never go out. Don't get me wrong. It should never
1: go out. How many uh, times a week, TJ? uh, That is none none of your
0: business buffer. You know, one, one (laughs) thing that is hard though. And I think that, you know, you, uh, you probably have have experienced this in, in your longer term relationships. It is hard to find the time when you're on the road, uh, constantly, um, March, I'm on the road, uh, I think, three out of the five weekends. And and it's split up to where it's like, right now, I just got back from UFC 285. And while I'm home for an entire week, I'm still kind of catching up on what I missed last week. And then I'm going to Boston uh, for Callum's fight uh, Sunday to Friday. And it's just like, Um, it's very hard to to figure out time for yourself or or someone else. I understand and resemble that remark.
1: And I understand it. I mean, but but thank
0: God, Bruce. Thank God that's a problem we need to deal with because that means money's coming, you know?
1: Yeah, money's coming in. I mean, like I mentioned, I've got the, the Toronto Blue Jays, and I said that earlier, right? Yeah. You know, then later on this year, I got to go to Singapore, come back, and two days later, go go to uh, London. Yeah, I if mean. I'm not mistaken.
0: That I, and that's the thing, No, too, Paris, like,
1: Paris, Paris. See, that, that, that's what's funny. But you, listen you, to me. You, I got to go to Paris. See, that's where it doesn't sound right. But, you know? but here's the issue. Like,
0: people that are on the outside looking in, like, oh, he's bragging. Oh, I wish I had to do that. Yeah, not bragging. Like, well, I, I understand what people are saying. I would love to go to Paris, too. I, I love the fact I'm going to Boston, but I promise you, it is a lot harder than anyone thinks. Don't cry for us, as you always say, Bruce, but uh, it's not the work that's even that difficult. It's the the plane rides, the hotel rooms. You know, I'm very selective when it comes to uh, what, what kind of bed I sleep in. I, I mean, I would say it's probably... Not not a lot of the time. I'd say one out of four times. Uh, I might end up sleeping on the couch that is in my hotel room. Oh, remote. I can't
1: tell you how many times I wake up with a bad back.
0: Right, or I'll just sleep back. on the floor. You know what I mean? Just to get aligned again because the floor is, yeah. a, is a great sort of uh, natural chiropractor. But uh, yeah, it, it, the travel is is kind of what I think I get paid for. The job is what I love, but the travel is, is kind of what you pay me for.
1: Hey, if people want to go to Singapore, have a good time, come back, and you want to land in uh, Paris Friday morning and then leave for L.A. back on Sunday? Too
0: uh, many time okay. zones, Buff.
1: Way too many time
0: zones. I can't even do the math.
1: It's crazy. Hey, listen, um, Derek Carr. You mm-hmm. know he's no longer with the Raiders. New right. Orleans Saints picked him up. Four years, one hundred fifty million. Is he going to be their starter or the backup? I have to think he's got to be the starter, right? I, I would
0: think um, one hundred fifty
1: million dollars. He better be the starter.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's so hard. I, I just in my brain automatically thought that Drew Brees was still there, but he he has retired.
1: Uh, he was such a long time Saint. So yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And uh, did you see that Red Sox star, Justin Turner, get drilled in the face by a fastball and needed 16 stitches? Oh, my God. Got drilled in the face. And he was
0: okay. Like just the, the stitch. I mean, 16 I, stitches. I is guess he's to okay. that. But, but
1: I mean, a lot of swelling. There's no fractures. All the hands yeah. are clear, but 16 stitches. You know, think about all the baseball we've seen over the years. And it's kind of like kids riding bikes with helmets today where we never wore helmets when we were kids. Oh, dude. First, I'd wear a helmet from this point forward, Justin. Yeah. I'd wear one with that thing going over across my mouth.
0: You have to at this point. Um, I mean, I remember playing baseball, Little League baseball. Uh, they made us all wear helmets, right? But like when you're playing, you know, Sandlot ball in the yard with your buddies, like, I mean, I never got hit in the head, but I, I can't tell you how many times I it took, you know, fastballs to the back uh, and things like that. And we never had any sort of protection on um, I, I Bruce. That- I've, I've never even worn a bicycle helmet. I don't even know what that
1: feels like. I've worn, you know, my like now wear one when I go out riding or whatever, but I sure. never wore one before. I remember when I was in Sandlot ball one time, the worst thing that happened. Well, I was a catcher in little league and I caught the ball in the wrong place. And the, and the coach gave me a cup after the game. Not oh before yeah. Before the game. Oh, it yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, similar, then,
0: similar. I was a catcher too, Bruce. Uh, have you ever taken one of these? Uh, you get the foul ball that goes underneath your glove and comes back up behind the cup. I mean, that is the
1: worst thing
0: I have ever experienced.
1: Not fun at all. And then one time I was standing at the plate and I swung back the bat. And when the pitch came and the guy behind me, the catcher was standing up and my bat went right into his stomach. Why I, was I, he standing? I don't know. It was like the dumbest thing. I mean, I had no idea he was standing. I'm just reacting to the I mean, pitch. You're going to probably I,
0: feel guilty about that, but that's on him.
1: Oof, that totally, totally. I think he's st- anyway,
0: whatever he did, he did. Did he cry? Because there's no crying in baseball uh tom hanks told me
1: groaned and fell to the ground let's put it that way i mean yeah i would too okay a couple of collectible issues here breaking uh, bad walter white you saw breaking bad right oh of course great uh, series his famous white undies his okay. tidy whiteies. <laughs> yeah they're up for auction how much it shouldn't be six figures it can't be six figures they think fig- no actually they figure around five thousand dollars
0: okay thank god thank god Why? Why? I mean, this is the first time I've ever heard anyone being interested in men's underwear. Uh,
1: normally, it's uh, Well, it's a women's. hugely popular mm-hmm. show, but I mean, come on, whatever. I guess yeah. I, if, if you like it, do it now. More, more, more than likely, this is worth it. Uh, Kobe Bryant signed MVP jersey. Mm-hmm. Just sold for $5.8 million. Yeah, th- I mean,
0: that makes sense.
1: Totally it's a lot of sense. money,
0: but that makes sense, and that's going to be worth $10 million
1: in 10 years. And I want to say, I want to end the uh, show on a what I think is a is a uh, feel good story. Because well, before outcome.
0: we before we get to that, I want to talk a little UFC two eighty five with you. Go ahead. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I texted you after the introduction of uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa yes. Grasso.
1: Thank you for that, by the way.
0: I mean, it was it was phenomenal. It was a night where the the energy was there. Don't get me wrong; you were given the energy uh all you you could and all you normally do but there there was energy in the building before the fights even started and you elevated that even more um and the co-main event felt like it was the main event and uh i don't text you often but you know i was uh in in our spot uh above the sort of everything uh for x rounds and uh yeah it was crazy and then i mean what was crazier is valentina shevchenko makes one tiny little mistake and Alexa Grasso capitalizes and, and takes her back and chokes her out. Uh, something that, that she had uh, been drilling. There's some uh, video of that, which by the way, makes it crazy to me that any athlete says, I don't watch tape of my opponents. Well,
1: you should, because you should, you know, and that's proof in the pudding right there. And I did see the fact that she was training for that. She accepted, she grabbed the opportunity. I've yeah. said numerous times on the show and my, my training, my, my thoughts about fighting, you never want to turn your back on an opponent, but a spinning back kick. Just like Joe Rogan, you throw him real quick. That used to be yeah. one of my my kicks too, because you can really nail somebody perfect. But if you miss, yeah, you're, you're vulnerable. Screwed.
0: Yeah, you're and and, and to me, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You've trained more of the style of, of fighting than I ever have. But I, it seemed like Valentina was too close to her to throw yes. that kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And-
1: I agree with you. I mean, another six inches would have made all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, a couple of things, though, uh, on on Grasso. I called uh, her fights in Invicta before she got to the UFC. It was, it was special for me uh, to see her, uh, you know, get, get that uh, title. She was a huge underdog. Um, but what a crazy time it is to be a Mexican mixed martial arts fan. There are three reigning champions right now. You got Yair Rodriguez, the interim king at, at 145. Uh, Brandon Moreno, you know, who kicked it all off multiple times. UFC champion at this point at 125 and uh, now at 125 on the women's side, uh, Alexa Grasso, this this was a country that the UFC wanted badly uh, to get into. And, you know, uh, times were, were different back in the early 2000s, and they were trying to get Tito Ortiz uh, to, to speak Spanish, and that wasn't working well. Uh, but, man, to, to see Yair and, and Brandon Moreno and uh, now Alexa Grasso realize their ultimate goals here in mixed martial arts and become UFC champions, it's just... Uh, a special time in in combat sports and mixed martial arts for Mexicans.
1: It's hard to speak about yourself in the third person when you speak Spanish. I can understand (laughs) (laughs) Tito's (laughs) issue. But uh, you know what the great thing about that is, is that, you know, Latino fans are such fight fans that it's doing nothing but bringing eyeballs to the UFC.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I've uh, gone to Mexico a lot over the last, uh, you know, two, three years with uh, Eddie Bravo and uh, combat jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, they're they're loving it. The jiu-jitsu scene has blown up in Cancun. Uh, because of the tournaments there and and we're starting to see uh you know some local athletes in in cancun compete with some of the best jiu-jitsu players in the world and that just wasn't something that i thought was going to be capable in the the short amount of time that they've had to sort of get ready but uh the other thing i mean john jones i hate to say this bruce did we learn anything about john jones at heavyweight because he didn't get hit that was my biggest question can he get hit Uh... You know, Here's and my- he didn't have to go later in, in the fight to see if he can carry that weight well. Like, we didn't find out anything.
1: No, we did not. Um, what we did find out, what I found out, like I said in the show last week, the moment he claws up the steps and does a single-hand cartwheel in the octagon, I'll realize that he still had the fluidity, right. which he did, right? Yeah. And we haven't seen that yet, but if there's anybody that's going to show it, it's going to be Stipe Miocic when they fight.
0: I mean, I thought Cyril Ogon was going to test his chin. He didn't. Stipe, another candidate. To John do. did exactly
1: what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. mobilize Cyril Ogon as fast as he could.
0: Let me ask you this. We we talk a lot about the evolution of athletes. We've had John on the show. You've warned him about some pitfalls that he, you know, unfortunately uh, experienced in his career. Now at 35 years old, uh, statistically speaking, the greatest who's ever entered the octagon and, and put on a pair of mixed martial arts gloves in, in my opinion for fighting
1: not as a role model but for right
0: no 100 percent. and if you bring in the role model factor that's the knock as to why he might not be uh the goat but at 35 years old the way he handled his business i mean i don't want to forecast misfortune for john jones but do you think that he's in a, a better place to understand that the do's
1: and don'ts uh, of being a star like he is i gathered that i think that he's had plenty Listen if he hasn't, then he's made a big mistake. Okay. Because he's had all the time in the world to realize how to not redo his past issues right. and mistakes. So now he should be practicing that. Uh, he did go to the after party. Right. Right. Which Dana kind of was like, he's having an after party. Mm-hmm. But if you have self-discipline like I do. Right. And I was at that after party, I was having dinner at Hakkasan and I went over, I said, if John wins, I'll come over and, you know, cause I appear at Hakkasan. Right. And I went up and gave him the big introduction. The crowd loved it. I lo- the one, the only. Uh, I, and by I the way, I've that. only said that once before. I said that for Conor McGregor and oh, John. My God. 27 plus years. I've only said that twice.
0: But that's, I mean, that's special. That's that's a very uh, uh, strong statement when you say something like that.
1: Yeah, which is why I save it for when needed. Um, but I felt totally comfortable saying it. Uh, John was handling it so fine. I mean, people, people can speculate whatever they want. He was at his after party. Right. Yeah. Okay. He was fine. He wasn't going crazy. He was doing great. Uh, after his win in the octagon, it was funny. I don't think they showed it on TV. Um, but I went over to congratulate and gave me a big hug. And then he grabs my hand and he starts dancing with me in the octagon. There you go. And he goes, Come on, dance with me, dance with me. He's moving his hips. I'm going, getting a little uncomfortable here, John. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's having fun though, top of the world. And, and, he, and he should fun. be.
0: I mean, the way that he handles Surreal gun, it just uh, that was mind-blowing. You know, I mean, I said it to you. I thought I thought we were gonna see. Uh, a gone victory early or a Jones
1: victory late. And man, I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, that was, that was short work. I don't know how the bookies did on the betting action, but uh, we'll see. But anyway, congratulations to John. Look, the man's lost by get, my guesstimate 30, 40, 50 million, not fighting between sponsorships and everything you could have made in the last three years or whatever. Right. Uh, they reportedly they got a $3 million purse pay-per-view cut easily. It's going to be over 10 million is my, is my guess. Um, let him make his money. The question is, how much longer do you think he's going to want to fight? And the, and the thing I'm thinking is, is that he's going to establish himself, uh, pay. I only think we're going to see John fight, my guess, I think maybe two or three more years, Max
0: maybe um you know i saw some people speculating that he might get three fights in this year and then just call it a career Three
1: fights this year
0: yeah i mean he's on pace to do that if he fights in july he, he could he easily fight, do it
1: considering what happened yeah
0: right you know if he gets in and out quickly in in july no reason he couldn't do you know fall or or december um you know it's we, we think of it as stars as you know for for stars to uh fight three times in the year being a tall task but there are regional prospects and granted they're not fighting the same level of competition but there are regional guys that are fighting three, four, five times a year. It's, it's not unheard of. Uh, it is when you're making the kind of money that John Jones is, but hey, uh, that's almost more of an incentive to try to get in there as many times as you can.
1: In the golden age of boxing, they were fighting every two months. Sugar Ray yeah, Robinson, I mean, who's many considered to be the greatest boxer of all time, yeah. and Jake LaMotta fought like twice in four months.
0: I mean, well, Jeremy, got, Hor- you know. Jeremy Horn was fighting in the Midwest twice a weekend.
1: Anybody have more fights than Jeremy Horn? Come on.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if Jeremy knows how many fights he's had, honestly. I,
1: probably not. Probably yeah. not. Well, anyway, this show's been really good. I, I love having the boxing aspect on the show. Um, I think we're
0: going to get yeah. more of it because, uh, again, Fight Pass has been this platform uh, for not just mixed martial arts, but but combat sports as a whole. And, uh, you know, Callum has been holding it down on the boxing side. Um, coming up on Saturday, by the way, uh, Polaris, uh, which is a grappling league on, on UFC Fight Pass, uh, they've got a show coming up and uh, former UFC champ Chris Weidman uh, is grappling uh, and right. appearing there. So, uh, you know, tune in for that. But I just I, I love the idea of more combat sports getting the attention uh, that they deserve uh, on Fight Pass. And, you know, Dana's a big boxing guy. Like, obviously, he uh, is the leader uh, of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And maybe at times I had to point out some of the the poor, uh, you know, areas uh, of boxing and, you know, where they've gone you know bad in, in business and, uh You know, at times, you know, I hate to say it, but at times, as a mixed martial arts fan, trying to appeal to people that were saying it was the, you know, human cockfighting, uh, you had to point out how dangerous boxing is because boxing is dangerous. Bruce, I, I still to this day, when when I've called fights, uh, the the worst knockouts I've ever seen are are boxing. I mean, they're they're much deeper. Uh, in mixed martial arts, you know, you get flash, you get KO, you might take a couple of unnecessary shots uh, on the floor, but nine out of 10 times you're kind of up quick going what happened in boxing it is a much different story
1: no matter how you cut it you're punched in the face until you fall down you get a count of 10 to get up to get punched in the face till you fall down right 10 count to get up until you get knocked out and and that's why boxing is mixed martial arts
0: and that's why boxing is built the way it is on a business
1: standpoint you know and it used to be sorry about that so go ahead go ahead it used to be the five or more boxers a year died in the ring right. and in training, right? We still, aside from the two, maybe three deaths that have occurred in the sport of mixed martial arts due to whatever reason, we've never had a death. We've had serious injuries, but we've never had a death in the octagon,
0: right? And in had, all no, combat sports are that. dangerous. You know what I mean? I think
1: we're past. baseball's amazing. dangerous. People have died in every right. sport. You know? It's, I know. I know. Um, it is what it is. Right. And, but, but, and thank, Thank you, Dana White, because not only are you a maverick, you're in a, you're a reinvigorator. What I mean hmm. by that is. He reinvigorated mixed martial arts and the UFC and took it from the spectacle that went to uh, uh, having at best 1500 people in an audience because we were yeah. off TV, thanks to, you know, Senator McCain, who i right. very respectful of Senator McCain, sure. but it was his thing that did it. Um, uh, to the point of reinvigorating it, he's invigorating boxing, right, with his with fight pass and giving it the avenues to get. And yeah. even slap fights, which is not the only slap fight event. I heard there were like six other events. You know, he's taken an event that's kind of been teeter-tottering. Right. And he's invigorating
0: it. Yeah, there's so. there's, a bun- there's a bunch of them. And, you know, whether or not you agree with it, I mean, you know, the, the thing that Dana says commonly, especially when people sort of criticize uh, sort of those offbeat pay-per-view weekends where maybe the card's not a stack. You know, you got a good main event, but, you know, you're kind of learning, you know, everyone else on the card. Uh, Dana said this multiple times. If you don't like it, don't watch. I'm not making you watch everything. You, you don't have to watch. Change and, the channel, baby. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, is, uh, you know, you might not know who's in the, the co-main event on a UFC fight night card today, but, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten fights down the road, you might want to start paying attention because they might be fighting a guy like John Jones. You know
1: what I mean? That, that's how this works. And, how many times uh, have we seen it? Getting back to John Jones before we sign off, yeah, one thing that just grinds my gears, okay, in um, the great words of Homer Simpson, is Engano not being in the UFC, because John Jones and Engano fighting for the heavyweight championship would probably be the biggest pay per view ever.
0: Well, what bothered me is Francis tweeted, you know, at John uh, saying something along the lines of like, "Good job, Johnny signed the heavyweight king." Um, they could have come to an agreement. I like it It bothers me that Francis makes that comment because he could have come to an agreement. Maybe he wasn't happy and he, you know, standing up for whatever he wants, but to come back and then sort of like drum up that, like Francis, you have the opportunity. I like
1: like Francis so much as a human being and as a fighter, you know how disappointed I am. Right. and, And that I would just wish he would have stayed in the UFC. I don't want to wake up in six months and see him not being as relevant as he was and is today. I mean, right. he better make the right choice.
0: Here's the issue, Bruce. We're talking about Francis right now because of John Jones. And, you know, I've heard some talks about him maybe taking a boxing match. That's fine. And I want him to go do that. There's always going to like, there's going to be an opportunity for him to come back. Right. But the, the bottom line is this. Uh, focus on what you're doing, because what what's the point of that tweet? Is is that a sign that Dana should call him back and try to figure something out? If so, then, you know, maybe maybe reach out. but. Uh, until he's ready to come back, like, just, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I hate to say this, right now, mixed martial arts rankings-wise, Francis Ngannou is still probably the best heavyweight I- in the world. Mm-hmm. But that has that taken a serious step back. And the next time John fights, it's going to take another step back because if Stipe wins and, and beats uh, John. John Jones, Stipe just beat the greatest of all time. So now he's statistically already the best heavyweight we've ever seen he beats john jones and that's another step back for francis and you know the the bottom line is if you're going to be the best in any weight class in mixed martial arts a you have to be fighting which francis is not doing right now but b you have to be getting wins over quality opponents in in those people that put you in that number one spot in any weight class bruce they fight in the octagon and if you're not fighting in the octagon you're you're gonna you're
1: gonna fade away if you're not fighting in the octagon, you're not real. <laughs> we go, I
0: mean, it's not, it's not that, no, but it, it's just. It's very hard. You know, back when there were more sort of uh, competitors that were trying to take on the UFC, it was very hard for any of their fighters to break into the top 10 because you well, can't, here, you can't get to the top level if you're not fighting top opponents and the top opponents are in the UFC.
1: I agree. And the, and the, most of the eyeballs are on the UFC. With yeah. all respect to the other fine organizations out there. Yeah, I'm not so,
0: even talking about money, you know, and sponsorships and things like that. Like that's going to start to take a step
1: back for Francis as well. Here, here's another thing. Yeah. And, and then let's 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 end the show. I got to go train for a couple hours. Um, it's been now two months or so since Francis announced uh, leaving the UFC. Right. right? Yeah. Scott Coker who I like a lot, work with Scott, fine businessman, nothing bad to say about Scott Coker. He takes good care of his people. Uh, he said there's an offer on the table, Jake, or rather an offer to be made. Jake Paul says Showtime and PFL are ready to uh, make an offer. Well, where are these offers? I want to hear an offer made. It's been two months or more. Right. I mean, I mean you don't wait six months to accept a deal. Here, if offers are on the table, stay Friggin' relevant you remember you understand what i mean by relevant right but here's the issue Bruce. you're going to
0: find out that francis is going to get those
1: offers and those offers
0: are going to pay him less than what he was getting in the ufc so why fight mixed martial arts if you're not getting what you were in the ufc
1: and you go for the tyson fury fight and you take your pick and you wind it back in the octagon
0: i mean that's the that's the goal am i am i incorrect on that like i've heard some rumors about anthony joshua like i mean if he doesn't box and he does end up somewhere fighting MMA. I mean, it'd be hard for me to believe that that deal makes better sense than the UFC, but I don't know. I'm not Francis. I
1: can't argue that point, but we're not inside that that you know that room while they talk. So wish him well. I mean, I like Francis. Yeah, you know, I totally I, wish him well. I like him too, and I want to. Fran, again, France's kind of guy. that can make twenty million dollars. Say done. I'm done. I made my money. Right, done.
0: right. But I mean, right now, John Jones is the the heavyweight champion of the UFC. He's the number one ranked heavyweight, number one pound for pound and uh there's an argument to be made that those are ufc rankings and and francis may uh be higher than john on the mma rankings but uh, that argument's going to go away quick if he's not fighting
1: can't comment any more than that tj said it perfectly all right tj let's sign off what's up
0: uh we'll see here uh next week we're gonna have to get uh sort of uh clever with how we do the show i'll be in boston but i'm sure we can figure it out uh you know colin callum's fight but uh This weekend, I'm doing extra rounds immediately following the uh, card that features a pretty fun bantamweight fight atop it. His former champion, uh, Piotr Jan, takes on the uh, up-and-comer with momentum on his side. The Ray Longo train, Marab Walshvili. um, I'm excited for that fight. Uh, You know, Jan uh, lost to to Aljamain Sterling uh, the last time they met. And, uh, you know, Marab is obviously a training partner. Uh, of Aljo, that will be interesting to see if uh, you know sort of uh, the game plan from sterling can be implemented uh by uh dwellish and you know for peter yawn he's coming off a fight against sean o'malley that a lot of people thought he won uh he didn't he, he's lost three of his last four uh he hasn't lost a lot of fights in his career i think he's only lost four fights in his career so uh he's definitely gonna have the urgency uh to put on a show and uh, it's gonna be a fun fight uh, saturday night in las vegas
1: very cool. I won't be announcing. Joe Martinez will be stepping in the octagon Saturday night. I will see you all in London next week. Uh, very exciting show in London. We're looking forward to that one. And uh, with that being said, it's been an excellent show. I mean, I just do. I just say that we had an excellent show. I think it was an excellent show. It was I enjoyed an excellent show and I enjoyed you, yeah. TJ. You're not you're not
0: uh, being ridiculous by saying it was an excellent show. It was.
1: It was uh, everybody set your goals, write them down. So when you step on that yellow brick path to your future, you be the best you can be and perform at your best, whether you're champion, number one, number two, or 10, it doesn't matter, be your best. And then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on this time radio. Have a great week. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you next week with another exciting guest and you too, TJ. And then it's off to jolly old England. Can't wait to get there. It's going to be awesome. O2 arena. They go crazy.
0: Don't speak like that in England. You'll get beat up real quick. What's that? Don't don't talk like that in England. You'll get you'll get beat up. Oh, it's OK. They don't beat me up. It's all OK. Good. Yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> and if they do, then hey, let's drink some green beer and go for it. All right. There you go. St. Have- Paddy's Day in England. I can't believe I'm going to be in St. Paddy's Day. I'm just joking around with it. I love I love have I love fun. have fun. Have love the UK.
0: Live it up a little bit.
1: No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's just some of the greatest fight fans in the world, man. It's, oh, yeah. it's so much fun announcing at the O2 Arena. I can't wait to be there. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Pardon my lousy English accent. Everybody have a great week.
2: <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye-bye. There
1: you go. Buffer out.
3: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too.